All right, turn to Second Timothy two. Second Timothy two. Scriptures. Uh, Jake is going to read Second Timothy two. We're going to read uh, one through ten, and uh, Anthony Exodus twenty five forty, Andy Proverbs twenty two twenty eight, Mathen Second Timothy one thirteen. Uh, Delbert, Second Timothy two two, Will, Second Thessalonians two fifteen, Caleb, Second Timothy one fourteen, Isaac, Second Thessalonians three six, uh, Corey, Second Timothy two ten, and Nate, Philippians one twenty seven. Uh, one of the things I have to do is I I have to deal with um, <coughs> with pastors who, for various reasons, are moving away from uh, our fellowship. And one of the things that strikes me is that they often speak dismissively or derisively about the fellowship. They'll, they'll make statements about, you know, the fellowship this and the fellowship that. So it would be very good for us to examine this idea of fellowship. When we talk about uh, uh, the fellowship is obviously our uh, churches, our movement, our people comes from a word which literally is partnership. That's what you're really saying when you talk about the fellowship. You're saying the partnership. But in 2 Timothy uh, 2, Paul gives some very powerful principles that apply to fellowship. So let's look at this. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 10. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in uh, athletics, he is not crowned unless, unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to, to partake of the crops. Consider what I say. And may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Okay, fellowship. Let's look. Principle number one, fellowship is actually spiritual fathers. You know, uh, it, it is a great mistake that uh, that somehow we are uh, a part of uh, simply an organization. You know, this is just a, a structure. It's like a, a machine that uh, we have rules for a, for a machine. Uh, one of the things I find interesting is that when you uh, when you give men an opportunity, they think you're brilliant. But if you ever have to challenge them, then they say it's politics. So you got to, you got 
uh, I, I find that very, very interesting. And so, uh, so often what people are saying is that, that you have, in a structure, you have uh, men with ulterior motives, you know, seeking position or, or glory, or somehow you have uh, people who are out of touch. This big machine is out of touch with, with uh, what people in, in another place are facing. In our scripture, Paul gives an understanding, and that is that fellowship, the fellowship, our group, our movement, has been built by spiritual fathers. Verse 1, he writes to a pastor and he says, My son. He was not literally his physical son, <coughs> but he said, We are connected uh, not by. Uh, rules or simply by structure. We're connected by relationship. And so he's saying here, decisions are made by uh, men who care uh, about uh, other people. And what Paul emphasizes is the fact that a price has been paid for what we have. And that is very important. And Second uh, Timothy 2.3 in the ESV translation says, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Paul writes in uh, uh, verse 10, he talks about his own uh, suffering in, in the verse 9, for which I've, I am suffering. And so uh, Paul says that, that he has been fighting and paying a price. So Timothy, you have some things in life, and the reason why you have them is because somebody paid for them. Somebody fought for them. They fought battles to, uh, uh, to preserve him. And, uh, and so this is the idea, is that in our fellowship, we have men who have gone before. We have uh, men who have fought battles for our mutual uh, benefit. And that's what you uh, have to understand, is that there are things behind the scene. I had... Uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, talking to a guy, and it was clear that he was getting off into um, into uh, an emotional side of uh, you know, kind of a, a funky, charismatic, touchy-feely thing instead of preaching the the, the Bible. And so uh, I began to challenge him, and and uh, he was resisting me. And I said, "Listen, we fought these battles before." What you don't understand is I've had to fight. I had to fight. I, I had to fight to preserve anyone from a former church that I had. And, and in fighting, then I had accusations and problems and hassles and people that were hassling me. So, so what you have is you have the privilege of people inviting you to come and you get to preach here and you get uh, your, your name on a flyer and you get all that. But I said, you don't understand is that there are men we have fought battles and you don't even know anything about it. Because we don't tell everybody that of the battles that are fought. We fight to preserve. And that is a, uh, uh, that's, a that's an understanding of what it takes. Uh, this is a, a, a classic. Uh, I was trying to preserve someone one time and help them. And they said, well, that's, that's, you, uh, you refer to problems in the past, which is why you don't want it to happen today so so you're just bitter so it's like that's that's brilliant you know and when, when our building was was almost burned down then that means we should have not 
upgraded our fire alarm because that would just be bitterness, right? Is <laughs> no, you you see there's a problem, and we're going to make sure we don't have that problem again. And you uh, you step in. We've learned the hard way, and uh, men that have gone through things, and so this is the understanding. Paul says fellowship is spiritual fathers in relationship. It's not a machine. It's men who care, and that's what they're why they're doing what they're doing. Secondly, is fellowship is patterns of wisdom. Fellowship involves pattern. <coughs> that means templates or blueprints that help us to know how to build and to know how not to build. Exodus 25:40. And see that thou makest them after their pattern, which has been shown thee in the mount. Okay. Uh, he says, this is, of course, building in the, in the tabernacle. And um, he says, when you build, make sure you build this according to pattern. So God, in some way, showed him, whether that was supernatural or written down, it doesn't tell us. But he says, I showed you a pattern. I gave you a blueprint of how I want you to build. Because if you don't, you know, if you just build according to anything uh, that you... Uh, that you feel is best, you're going to wind up with some funky things. You know, years ago, my uh, my grandma, uh, she bought, I don't know if you, you understand that a, a lot of uh, places in Arizona, Diamond Valley was originally a total, it was a land scam. A man named Ned Warren was selling every lot like 15 and 20 times. So no one had a title. My grandma wound up with one of the few clear titles in Diamond Valley and offered to give it to my wife and I one time but the problem is when I went and looked at it, the houses that were nearby, and this is you know back in the 80s, there was a house next door that this guy, obviously, he had gone and found, I don't know, leftover junk from somewhere and decided to build extra rooms. And there's things sticking out. And it's like just, he's building according to whatever he thinks. So the problem is, is that when you're not talking about it, so my, my point is it, it would have, if I put a nice house next to that, it would have had zero value. <laughs> so I I declined. Thanks, Grandma, but no thanks. So uh, the uh, the issue about is in, in a fellowship is we're talking about churches. The problem is I've seen men they build churches like that. They read a book. Hey, I'm going to build my church like that. And they got funky things sticking out of their church, and then they got you know some some rubble that they got from you know off the internet, and they're building that and. And so it's an unrecognizable, God says, we build according to pattern. One of the important things I want you to understand is that, you know, many of you, you have grown up in the church. This is all you have ever known. And I don't know if you understand this, a lot of churches are nothing like us. But there are reasons why we do what we do. There are reasons why we don't do what we don't do. And it's not just simply that that has somehow evolved and, and is this is this rigid uh, uh, thing that we don't want anything new. Anything new is evil. Is No, there are uh, reasons and some of the things that we do it like this is because we've seen damage <coughs> that happens when you build a different way. So, human nature wants to turn away from pattern. This is because of pride. This is very, very common, is that someone 
<coughs> Often this is out of success. they got a few people, and now all of a sudden they think they have a better way. Or you have a guy, he has nothing, but he still thinks he's better. Why, I have no idea. But uh, So, uh, uh, you know, I know better. Uh, I have a brain. Uh, you know, those old guys, they don't, they don't know what they're, what they're talking about. i got this great thing, or i tried it. I've tried it for a few months, and it works for a few months. That's, that's brilliant. Or there is expediency. Expediency is you want the easy way. Some of the things that we do are costly. It will, it will cost you. Some of the things that if you, if you do them, someone will, uh, will uh, be upset. We, we deal with immorality. And uh, not everybody's happy when you deal with immorality. And uh, you get family that gets upset with you. And, and so what happens is you get guys who they don't want to pay the price. So they'll start building, not according to pattern, but because it's easier. Because they don't want anybody upset at them. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-eight. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Ancient landmarks. Landmarks in those days, usually they were piles of stones. And so how did you know where your land started? They didn't have barbed wire fence. Is It would be piles of stones. And you, you understand in Joshua... Uh, is that God divinely divided the land, told them where each tribe was supposed to be, and then apparently they had leaders in each tribe that said, okay, this is your portion. How do you know what is your farmland, your pasture, as opposed to the next guy's? Piles of stones. (coughs) And so, (coughs) so it calls them ancient landmarks. There are people who come and see a pile of stones, and they go, what's that there for? What a dumb place for a pile of stones. Let's move it. Not understanding why is it there in the first place. I just got a great idea. If we were to move those pile of stones, man, imagine how big this would be. Yeah, but you don't get why it was there in the first place. That is, that's very, very important. If you don't understand as a disciple, some of you feel that you're called to preach, if you don't understand why we do what we do, you're very likely to change what we do. And you'll wind up with a church that looks like that house in Diamond Valley. It'll be a funky creation of, of a mishmash of junk, but it won't be according to pattern. So, we are called to build according to the patterns of fellowship. So, let's get numbers of scriptures here. 2 Timothy 1, 13. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me during Christ Jesus. Okay, he says, I've given you some teachings. And he says, that's a pattern. I want you to stick to that. I don't care what you've got off the internet. I want you to stick to that. You've been taught some things. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Okay, and, and uh, in the King James it says, you've received things from me. He says, now the same commit to, uh, to uh, other men. And, that, uh, and then so that they will be able to teach uh, others uh, also. 2 Timothy 2.15 
Or, or Thessalonians, yes, yeah, sorry, Will. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Okay, and so stand fast in this this term. Second uh, Timothy one fourteen. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Okay, keep or guard. It says in the, I think in the New King James and other translations. So, so Paul is saying, going back to our first point, he says, I have fought for some things. He says I've I've suffered for these things. So he says when I give you, I left you there as the pastor in Ephesus. He says, I expect you to hold fast to the things that cost me. I don't care if you've got a, a brilliant idea. That, that's not the point. Is There's a pattern of this. So, one of the things that has to happen is over time, you should take note of those who turn away from fellowship patterns. 2 Thessalonians 3.6 but we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Okay, this is a <coughs> it's actually a great word picture here. <coughs> in in uh, the King James, walketh disorderly. It's actually, this is a picture of marching. And uh, I don't know if you, you know this, but they often, when they're teaching soldiers to march, um, is that they will have them do that on gravel because it makes noise. And the idea is what they want is they want to hear one. They want to hear it. So you're, you're, you're marching. Everybody has to be doing the same. So this idea of walks disorderly is everybody's walking in step, which is how you make progress as a unit. And then you got one guy like... You're out of step. So what happens? It throws everything off. And so Paul says, listen, if someone's walking disorderly, you need to mark them. That, that's a danger. That's a, that's a trouble. And that's one of my tasks, unfortunately, is not only do I pastor, but I have to deal with the disorderly. Why are you building this funky, trash, Diamond Valley house in this city? Where did you get that from? Right? Because this is... And why are you hassling me about it? I'm a nice guy. I've been in the fellowship. Because there's something wrong. This is not acceptable. This is worrying. That you're going in a different direction. There's trouble. And that's, that's often what I say. Listen. I have seen men who act and talk like you, they wind up doing damage. So why are you different? Why should we not be worried about what you're doing or what you're saying? Patterns of wisdom. Finally, the third thought is fellowship is mutual obligation. So one of the things that, that happens in, and uh, is that when you begin to deal with the disorderly, men who are making radical changes or coming against what we are, they often will be irritated. What's the big deal? What's the, what's the fuss? There, there must be some ulterior motive as to why you would challenge, you, challenge me. So, then understand, in fellowship, well, some, one of the words that uh, is, is used of fellowship, it's partnership. And uh, other Bible words would be men who were rowing together. 
when you're rowing, you want everybody doing it in the same way at the same time. You don't want somebody, I don't feel like rowing now. Well, you have to, because it affects us. That's what fellowship is. So one of the things is we are interconnected. We are interconnected uh, relationally. I don't know if you, you understand this. Is there, uh, uh, we've, we've seen this. Uh, uh, Eli just made the, the raid on the tribe. <laughs> He's of the tribe of Benjamin, just made a raid to get himself a wife. So one of the things that happens, this is, this is partly through marriage. This is partly through people move. They have a job transfer. They attend school for different ways. All of our churches are interconnected. So one of the problems is, because we are interconnected, uh, is that what one person does, immediately it causes problems for other people. So, one church is holding for righteousness, standards, godliness, so then another church says, hey, can you come and give us impact team or... Or, you know, they trade bands or something. And then they then they discover, wait, wait, hold on. Pastor just preached against this on Wednesday and you're doing it. So then people come back and go, I don't get it. Are you preaching bad or are they screwed up? What's going on here? So you have this <coughs> turmoil that's created. It's, we are inter... Fellowship is partnership. You're on the same oar. You're in the same unit. And so what you do has... <coughs> impact or can even do damage. So, if that's true, that means our decisions and and our spirit, more than just decisions, our spirit has to keep other people in mind. 2 Timothy 2.10 Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Okay, Paul says, why do I do this? I do it for other people. Why am I willing? He's talking about my suffering. I'm, I'm, I'm being hassled. I got arrested. I got people lying about me. He says, why am I willing to do this? Other people. I'm always thinking about other people beyond uh, just myself or my family or even, even just my church. Other people. It's, it's the people of God and their destiny. Philippians 1, 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your prayers that you stand fast in one with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Okay, so here in the New Living Translation, live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news. Then when I come see you again or hear about you, I'll know that you are standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the gospel. When you have people who want to be one, there's powerful impact that comes from that. When people don't want to be one, when they want to be, yeah, I'm an individual, I've got a brain, why do I have... You're not one. You actually wind up doing damage. You get off track. You wind up hurting other people. So he says here, this is, this is fellowship. It's not a political structure. It's interconnected relationships, spiritual father, fathers, patterns of wisdom. And then he says, together we make impact for the gospel. Okay, let's open for questions. Something you want to ask about this.
Ken? Would you say one of the reasons uh, men are breaking away from fellowship is because they're seeing, say in their city, they're seeing other churches, what they're doing. So they're focusing on them instead of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, something that's very common is, is a guy who, uh, you know, we, we build on new converts. That's what we want. And so new converts uh, are a lot of work to get them, to maintain them. So you have a guy that he's he's struggling uh, to get people, and then, you know, he had people, and so uh, maybe he had to uh, discipline uh, uh, morals or, or something, and so he lost them. Well, meanwhile, then he's running into people on the street or he works with somebody. They go to the local charismatic palace, and they go, our church grew to 5,000 people in three and a half weeks. So, number one, you get guys that messes with their head. It's like, I don't get it. Well, am I doing something wrong? That that so that messes with their head. First of all, um, the big issue, of course, is whether you want people like that. If that's what you want, uh, I personally, there's nothing in me that that is attracted to religious people. When I when I talk to people and they're from another church and they got a spirit, it's like you know, God bless you. I don't get excited about. You know, we're visiting and we're we're here. We're looking for a place where the Spirit can move. There's nothing in me that goes, wow, I hope you come to our church. It's like, <laughs> I've had too many funky experiences with funky religious people. So, if you haven't been burned yet, then you're like, wow, that'd be great if, if this person could come and be our prophetess. <laughs> so, not me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Eli? So, uh, in uh, visiting every church for band trips and whatnot, you know, I've encountered churches that have a, a completely different kind of outlook than our church. And I was thinking about, you know, the setting where you take over a church, I've heard the advice that you don't change anything for a while. You have to be yeah. very delicate about that. Yeah. How do you discern when it does come <coughs> to, you know, what, what's crucial and what's not? What's a, what's a pattern issue and what is just a minor difference that you can probably leave alone? Well, ultimately, it, it, you know, everything that's that's not pattern you will deal with ultimately but the the key is when so if you first first take over there are things that they they do things in a slightly different way or they're not holding up to standards you you you're you know as i always tell the tell the guys it doesn't make sense you, you know you've been there two and a half weeks you you should not push the plunger and blow up the whole church you need to be wise now there are things that that have to be dealt with you know you discover your song leader actually wears a dress that's a problem. We've got to deal with that, right? You know, there are things you can't let go. So you deal with it as it, as it comes. But uh, a lot of things you wisely work through over time. That's why we say you don't, you don't come start making changes uh, immediately. That's wisdom. So it doesn't, these people are doing it wrong. So my uh, conclusion is I'll blow them all up and I'll have chairs who do it right. That doesn't make sense. So you've got you to be wise in how you, how you do it. So... So if, if a person will, number one, not make it a matter of pride, that often gets guys in trouble. Bless God, I, I'm going to come, I'm going to straighten things out. Then that will cause you problems. So you've got to learn how to, how to uh, maneuver, preach, put things into them, win favor before you can start making changes. David? Elijah asked specifically about taking over a church, but uh, in your situation as a leader... How do you deal with it? There, there are churches that are um, that are not holding up the standards. That are uh, uh, maybe allowing like carnality or different things that could be a big 
that are uh, could cause damage, but you're not directly responsible for that church. You're not yeah, so we, we, we do have, there is, there are lines of authority which we operate through. So, number one is, is I don't, I don't simply, uh, there's not enough time in the day for me to simply go around and go around. You do anything funky in your church? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number one, if it's one of our churches, that, uh, of course, is, uh, I have something to say about that. And I have the right to uh, get involved. Now, I have a, uh, a position that even if it's not one of our churches, it needs to be dealt with, but we move through lines of authority. So, uh, they have, there's a structure and a way to deal with things. So, yeah. so how, how much of it is... I mean, there's some things that are critical and there's some things that are so critical. So how do you make that decision? Uh, well, often it's a matter of... Uh, a big dividing line is, is, uh, is it doing damage to other churches? Is it causing a bigger problem? So, I mean, you know, theoretically people could be doing... Uh, odd things in their own church, and I might not know about it. Sure, I, I, again, but God's in charge. That's that's the whole point. Remember, as I preached in the rally, Jesus said, "I will build my church." I'm confident. That's why you don't. I don't have to worry about what people are doing. God loves His church. He helps. Things that we need to know ultimately come to light. Right? Is this more common with like a new church, like a pioneer pastor, or a church that's been open for a while? That you see people. No, who who knows? I mean, there there can be. I've seen everything. Again, <coughs> it can be new churches who. <clears throat> it can be new churches who are just building, and so they're desperate for bodies, so that they will go against what we believe in order to gain bodies. It can be uh, older churches that they're tired of uh, uh, the the cost, uh, so they turn away. It can be success that inflates them with pride. Uh, I'm hot stuff, and I know better than the whole world. You know, there's no, there's no one specific uh, thing. But the whole point is the reason why I would tell you this as a, um, as disciples is, it is up to you to work out to find out why we do the things that we do, so that you can reproduce them. That's what Paul said to Timothy. I want you to reproduce what I taught you. Uh, the greatest compliment that I've ever received in my ministry, I get people who say, that was nice, you helped me, you know, blah, 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 great. The greatest compliment that I've ever gotten is, uh, like in South Africa, where people would come from overseas and they would say, this feels like Prescott. It's like, yes, that is success, because that's what I want. I don't want people to go, man, you are really doing things in a new way. This is tremendous. I said, the spirit is the same. That's that's what you want. That's why I'm telling you this, so you work out what we do, why we do it, so you can reproduce it and hold to it. And that there also is uh, uh, that you, if you understand what we do and you want to reproduce the spirit of the fellowship, you have a built-in bulldust detector. Right? When someone tells you, you know what we're doing in our church? Wow, this thing is powerful. And I there's a little alarm goes ding 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 ding. So and, and and again, this doesn't mean that you live with suspicion. I tell the pioneers when they go out, you're there to build your church. You're not there to sort out everybody else. So the guys, that's very common. They're pioneering. They go, we went to revival, and this guy, he says, hey, 
Shut up and get some people. That's all I want you to do. Right now, you're not worrying about that. I'm not, and and I tell people, I don't want you to go and say, I'm from Prescott, we're the best. That, that this ticks me off. And so you you have a job. You'll have an, a job to do that's big enough to not worry about the world. But then over time, you it'll be unavoidable. Things happen. It has to be dealt with. So. <coughs> so, um, kind of along the lines of what Eli said, you know, how, and we're, you know, our churches are so interconnected. Um, I've heard a lot of times, you know, trust is the law. Our church is the love. How do you deal with people like that? You know, besides kicking them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, but that's a common. Uh, that is that is often a, a, a comment. I have a, a sermon that you guys haven't heard, and this is um, the sons of the prophets. They put it there. Uh, they come to uh, Elisha and they say, "We we should go look for Elijah's body," and he says, "No." He gives direction because he's heard from God. He knows they're not going to find the body, but the Bible says they urged him till he was ashamed. So in other words, they were harassing him that you have no love. What do you do? You leave his body? What if, what, if, what if from the chariot of fire then he dropped off and his body's laying there and now the coyotes are going to get him? You've got no love, man. So that, that is a, that's a common. That's a common... You've you got to understand, there's, there's all these... That, that's, that's why I, I am so struck. One of the things that I've been, I've been dealing with some things, so... Uh, I've been getting very inspired. <laughs> you see where this lesson has come out of dealing with nonsense. <laughs> but what, one of the things I'm struck by is I am struck by how similar rebellion is all over the world. That's it, guys, and they think they've come up with this uh, yeah, law of love. It's like, I have never heard that before. I've heard that all over the world. You know, your, your reasonings, I've heard it again and again. But, again, I also know the spirit that is uh, uh, that is behind that. So, how do you deal with it? You you know, it, it just it takes time, and you got to work things through, and so uh, you you can't. Uh, that's just that's one of the prices that Paul. You know, fortunately, I'm I'm not being thrown into prison, but I get people who they impugn my motives. What's your What's the real motive of why you're uh, asking me about this? And so, it's life. So, it just has to be done. Is it more difficult establishing the fellowship pattern overseas than it is in the U.S., or is it <coughs> basically the same thing? It's just different. <coughs> you know what? Is is it's just different? So overseas, you're dealing with cultural biases and cultural fears. So in in the in the one hand, let's 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 take. Uh, a couple of examples. Overseas, I'm dealing with cultural issues. So you have, number one, I had people who, who had told me they have, their entire life, they're adults, they said, I've never heard one time in my entire life that it's wrong to sleep with somebody you're not married to. This is like, that's a foreign language. They had never, ever, ever, ever heard that. They had cultural issues to where uh, it's very common. I got people. They got they got seven kids. You need to get married. I can't. Why? Because we got to pay labola bride price. How much is bride price? It'd be like it'd be like you know Eli wanting to uh, wanting to marry Amy and and uh, when he when she, when he talks to the dad, 
uh, it would be the equivalent of the dad saying, yeah, you can marry Amy after you pay me $150,000. Right? Is Eli ever going to raise $150,000 for that bride? No. <laughs> so what do they do? They just live together. They have kids. So that's a cultural issue. But balancing that out is they also had an inbuilt respect for authority. Okay, so now in America, on the other hand, they understand certain things, but Americans are, by golly, we got rid of the British. You're not going to tell me what to do. <laughs> so then it's independent-minded, right? I'm educated. I know it's what. I own a business. I got money. So it's just different. Wherever you are, every place you are has its own problems. And so you just have to work through in, in, that, in that way. And so what is a problem in one place is not a problem in another place. And then there are universal problems that it doesn't matter where, where people are at. So. so if you're building a church in either one of the scenarios, if you're building it a different way where, okay, this outreach kind of works better here, this works better here, is that a pattern issue? <coughs> no, no. So what you have is you have uh, fundamental differences. Uh, um, for instance... What what works in one place is in another. You know, I passed it in South Africa. Rock and roll was a foreign language. Every once in a while, I would just crank up the guitar and let, say, I want to play you something. It's called Sweet Home Alabama. Listen to this. Have <laughs> 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 you ever heard of Smoke on the Water? No, okay, never mind. <laughs> so it's all, it was all rap and R&B. That's what works there. That's, a, that's just a cultural issue. But the essence is we're doing outreach. It's just a different music. If I'm in Mexico, I'm going to be doing, you know, the mariachi music or the ranchero music or, or whatever. That, but it doesn't. It, you're, you're doing it uh, with different music, or or it may be a, a different uh, a method. But essentially, we understand you have to outreach to reach the lost. That is just form. That doesn't matter. But pattern. There are things that are established as pattern that are a big deal. So you you um, so not every church in our fellowship looks exactly the same, right? If you if you're in an all black church uh, in the south, it's probably going to have a totally different feel than a white church in New England, right? Just this the spirit, the atmosphere. There's there's no problem with that, but we have an overall structure that is the same. Your volume may be different. Your your music may be a little different, but but overall we're doing the same. So there's there's room. What the problem is when you have guys that uh, we don't outreach anymore because that's an old, uh, outdated method, right? This is one of the, the the battles that we had to fight in the last year or so. Is we're, we don't outreach anymore. We just put things on Twitter. Okay, now we got a problem. That's a pattern issue. Because you're moving away fundamentally. You're not saying that we are uh, doing something in a different form. You're turning away from a fundamental. Okay. We don't have prayer meetings anymore. All we do is we put it on Facebook. No, that's a pattern issue. i got a problem with that. Right? So, <coughs> Pastor, you said you know, we're connected by relationship. You know, and, and, and the pattern we stick to... I mean, I guess for me, even just being a disciple in the church, sometimes you feel like you can be like a nuisance, you know what I mean, and bothersome. I mean, it seems like it would be worse when you're out there is if you're going through things and you have to bring correction or you're in takeover church, whatever issue may arise up. I mean, is that a constant battle to staying connected? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so guys, you know, there, there's lots of, lots of things. One of the things is that this is why you want to work out you want to work out rejection issues now, because guys that are filled with rejection, then they, um, uh, if you haven't worked out rejection issues, then you have authority issues, right? Oh, I don't want to bother the pastor. You know, they had uh, their dad was never there for them, or or would mock them when they if they had a problem. So if you haven't resolved that before you go in the ministry, then I'm going to have a guy who's now pastoring. I never hear from him, right? So. Uh, so that that's that's a that's one of the the issues then you know just i don't want to disappoint you you know i i, I guys is like i haven't heard from you in 2 years well i i don't want I, I don't have anything to report so meaning i only hear from them i got guys that if i know, if the phone's ringing i know it's only because he's had a good outreach no problem i'll never hear from him again so uh, that's problematic and that's that's issues you got to work those things out. So staying connected is very healthy. I got guys that call me, and in the first part of the conversation, you can tell they're a little bit crazy. They're because the devil's been beating on their head, and so after a few minutes, it's like their mind comes clear. It's not because I've given them heavy counsel. There's something profound about connection to headship and authority. So you got to make the effort, right? Have you ever seen the issue of growth mask a problem where pattern isn't being established? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, they're very dangerous to guys who they have uh, <coughs> they have great success, which tells them it doesn't matter how you live. But you can have growth for for different reasons, um, you know, and and especially you know, I I had a friend who. He went and pastored in a place, went to a pioneer church, and it was an area where God just, he flat wanted there to be a church. This guy was totally immoral. He was a financial ripoff. There was not an ounce of character in him, but the church was exploding in growth. So, that'll, that's very dangerous, because in his mind, it doesn't matter how I live. Well, it does matter how you live. Is is So the... the 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 lesson you always have you always have the um, the uh, exceptions, right? People always want to whenever I'm dealing with people they always go yeah well what about they want to pull out an exception, right? And so this is true in all of life. You say we don't have women preachers. What about Deborah, right? The prophet the prophetess Deborah. Well, she was an exception because all the men were wimps. So uh, right now, all the men aren't wimps. So no, you're not. Wimps. So uh, and that's 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 true. Um, so you it it uh, success really does. You know, in January we had a leadership confrontation with a guy whose church has uh, gone well. So we all tried to tell him that you're gonna you're gonna blow everything up. And so he didn't believe us because we're a bunch of old. Old dudes, just trying to trying to ruin his life, and he went. And a week and a half later, he went from over three hundred to thirty people, wow. just like we told him. So, old dudes know something. <laughs> okay, very good.
a lot of these things, again, will not make sense until later on. So just file it away. I'll help you out.